The Bible Study Podcast, episode 146. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Acts with chapter 9. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Today in the Bible Study Podcast, we're going to look at the conversion of Saul. And Saul, who will become Paul, is going to be the main person that we're going to focus on in much of Acts, although we're going to focus on him in this chapter, then we're going to go away and then come back and look at his journeys for the rest of the book. And we'll see why when we get to Acts 16. But right now, we're still in Acts 9, the conversion of Saul. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. Now, Saul we have dealt with just a little bit in Acts so far, and he had not been a major player in what had happened with the persecutions until this chapter. Basically, when Stephen was martyred, when Stephen was killed, stoned to death, you may notice that it said that they laid their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. And Saul approved what they were doing. Well, Saul didn't just approve what they are doing. Saul took up the banner and began actively persecuting the church. And according to his own testimony in the letter to, I believe it's 2 Corinthians, he had people arrested for being Christians and then also had them killed. So this Saul that we're looking at here is a persecutor of Christians and a murderer. Now, I just want you to keep that in your mind because that is an important message, for instance, as I do prison ministry, and as you know, I'm in a lockdown unit for violent offenders. And when they ask, can God even forgive a murderer, God can not only forgive, God can use. God did not give up on Saul of all people. Why didn't God give on on someone who was actively killing Christians? who is actively trying to prevent the spread of the growth of the church. And if God doesn't give up on Saul, why can we assume that he will give up on anyone? Why do we, as the church, give up on anyone? So that's Saul. Saul gets stopped in his tracks on the way to do the worst possible thing and gets stopped by Jesus who says, basically, I have plans for you. You're not going to be doing this. You're going to be working for me. Wow. (laughs) Isn't that an amazing intervention? Jesus says, I'm going to take this enemy and I'm going to make him a suffering servant for me. This is an amazing turnaround. This is Jesus' way that he deals with enemies is he makes them not enemies anymore. And so he intervenes in Saul's life and says, 
guess what? Everything you heard about me is true. And now because you didn't believe me, you're going to be blind. But that's not the end of the story because he calls someone else to help Saul. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. After taking some food, he regained his strength. This is, to me, a more amazing story than the conversion of Saul. This is a more amazing story to me than God would meet Saul on the road and strike him blind. Because this is one Ananias recognizing the voice of God. Did you notice that Saul says, who are you? And Ananias says, yes, Lord. And Ananias is given very specific instructions, and he knows who this guy is. So he points it out to God. I think that's fair. Uh, Do you know who this guy is? Well, yes, God knows. And God's instructions are very clear. First of all, go. You know, you understood what I said. I'm sending you here. I'm going to use this guy. And he's going to suffer in my name. But I'm going to use this, this Saul of Tarsus. I have plans for him. And so not only does Ananias go when he's told to go, and if you think that's always the case, read again the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah is not about someone who is afraid to go to tell the Ninevites that God was going to destroy them. He was afraid to tell the Ninevites that God was going to destroy them because he thought that they would repent and he hated them. And he did not want God to repent from what he was going to do. He wanted God to wipe them out. Ananias is not that guy. Ananias is the guy who comes to the person who is sent to arrest him and says, Brother Saul. Ananias is the church in a way that the church needs to be. Ananias is listening to the voice of God. He is faithful to the voice of God. And he is forgiving and an instrument of forgiveness and reconciliation, which is what the church is called to be. And scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he can see again. I think we can all be blinded at times by things. And Saul is blinded physically, but he was also blinded spiritually before. Now, you can still go to Street Street, I'm told, in Damascus, and I'd love to get there someday, because it is one of the oldest streets in the world, and you can see where this all played out. But Saul's story is only just beginning. So the chapter continues, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, 
Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. After many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch at the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Grecian Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the brothers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers and in the fear of the Lord. So Saul, as soon as he becomes a Christian, well, we're not even yet called Christians at this point, as soon as he becomes a follower of Jesus, he begins to preach. Now, Saul had a great grasp of the Old Testament. He was a student of one of the greatest Jewish teachers, Gamaliel, who we learned about in the previous chapter, who was one of the people who said, if God is with them, then we won't be able to stand against them. If God is against them, they will go away. So, Saul's a student of Gamaliel. We learned that from his letters, and he takes all that he knew in the Old Testament, and as soon as he understands, he begins to preach, and he begins to preach in such a way that people cannot refute him. So he's a very good preacher, and he has followers by verse 25. He has people who are listening and learning from his teaching. This person who came to persecute them now has people who are listening and learning from him. Cool story. And so they have to finally let him out over the wall in a basket to save his life because already Saul is being persecuted for being a Christian. And so you notice he goes to Jerusalem and the disciples won't meet with him. They think that this is a trap and who could blame them? Good grief, this person has already killed people they knew. This is not just a murderer and someone who persecuted Christians. This is someone who persecuted Christians here among people they knew. But who goes to them? Who goes to them is that son of encouragement, Barnabas. Remember, that's what that means. That's not his name. That's his nickname, son of encouragement. And this is one of the reasons that Barnabas is called Barnabas. He's the kind of person who goes out and finds people who other people are afraid to talk to even and says, no, okay, let, let's bring him in. And I said earlier on when we first encountered Barnabas that I give Barnabas credit for two of the Gospels. Well, the Gospel of Luke is the Gospel that comes through someone who we will meet later on in this book. At least we'll see when he joins Saul later on in this book. And Barnabas is the one who brings Saul into the church, brings him into the church And we'll see that Barnabas is partially responsible, therefore, for Luke's gospel getting written. And we'll talk more about that later. 
But Saul is a Christian, and he goes off to Tarsus, where he's from, and begins preaching also there. And with that, we'll set Saul aside for a bit as we continue on with some of the other disciples for a little bit longer before we pick up the story of Saul as he becomes Paul the Apostle, St. Paul, as we also know him, one of the Twin Cities. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to leave them as a comment on this episode of the Bible Study Podcast at thebiblestudypodcast.com or drop me an email at host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project Podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the Satanic Temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.